good to see you guys. St. Patrick's Day is always a great opportunity to wear green, and I was thinking living in Saskatchewan, people, is a great opportunity to wear your jerseys to church, but I don't see that many today, so I'm a little bit surprised, but that's okay. Maybe you didn't know it was St. Patrick's Day, then that's okay too. So my name is Paul, as I said earlier. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're right almost towards the end of our series called Plugged In. We've been looking at prayer. We've been wrestling with what prayer is, what is it not. Um, we looked at the idea that there's something in us that's stamped in our DNA, that wants to cry out and to be known, that wants to talk to somebody about our life, to unpack it and to say, this, where I am right now, has to make sense, has to have meaning, and have to, has to have purpose. We talked that this is one of the ways that we pray. Then one of the weeks, we looked at Jesus' famous prayer that he taught his disciples, and we unpacked that template and said, what does it mean if it's not a formula if there's many ways to pray, why did Jesus teach this way to pray? Then from there, we talked about uh, when Jesus says to his disciples, ask, seek, and knock, what does that look like? And last week, I talked about listening to God. And so many of us, or at least I should speak for myself, I love to hear God in a powerful and big way. This last weekend at the Holy Spirit weekend, it was easy to hear people speak into my life and hear other people speak about the experience of God around them. But so many times, like in the story of Elijah that we listened to last week, God speaks in a thin silence. His presence is with us, and it is revealed to us when we look backwards at our life and see the moments that God has spoken to us. So this week, I want us to look a little bit at what do we do with this? How do we go forward with our prayer life? How do we move from here? This will be the last time I speak on Plugged In in this series. Next week, Pastor Ellen is going to be interviewing some of our guests about prayer. So today, I really wanted to kind of come to this kind of conclusion of what I've been talking about and what does it look like for us to go forward. You see, prayer, like any significant communication, like any significant conversation, is building a relationship. Not only did we talk about it is about knowing who God is, it's helping us to know who we are. It's helping us understand what we were made for. Why are we designed the way that we are? And, not, and I don't mean just like in the macro of humanity. I mean in the micro. Like, why are you the way you are? Like, I mean, your friends might ask you that question. Why are you the way you are? And part of prayer is helping you understand your gifts, your talents, how you're wired. Part of prayer is learning the relationship at the deepest level. Now, this summer... Jessica and I are going to be celebrating 20 years of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that applause. Oh. 20 years. Now, that says a lot more about Jessica than it does about me. Um, there's something specific that happens in relationships. It changes everything about you. And you need a partner in life who you can have conversations with, and who can put up with all your mistakes, all your pride, all your failures, all your dumb ideas, your broken thoughts, all your uneven feelings, so you can tell right off the bat that Jessica's a saint. There is a sense of maturity that allows each person to grow and become patient with one another and patient with each other's inconsistencies. There's a conversa conversation and a relationship that needs to grow to be able to speak into each other's life and to trust that what you reveal, what you talk about, what you're thinking about is going to be heard, is going to be known, and not rejected. And I think all of us want 
that kind of relationship. We all want to be treated right. We all want people to be kind to us, to be understanding of us. We want people, when they hear our stuff, be on our side, right? Like, yes, that person that hurt you, they're wrong. You're in the right. We all want this kind of way of living. We all want this gift of grace. And I think what's interesting about that is that when we're wronged though by somebody, it's not necessarily the first thing that we jump into. It's not necessarily the first thing how we react by giving grace. Again, I should speak for myself. It is not always the way I want to react when I'm wronged. Now, if I wrong somebody, let's say I'm driving and I cut somebody off, I want people, and I go, oh, shoot, I didn't see you there. I want people to go, no, no, I get it. I've been there. But man, if I'm cut off, what are they thinking? Don't they know how to drive? Where did they get their license? And so this relationship and this way of understanding is something in us that we want somebody to know deeply at the core who we are. One of my favorite people in the Bible is uh, Peter. He's one of the disciples of Jesus. He was with Jesus. And I love him because, and if you've heard me speak about Peter before, I kind of repeat this stuff because I like him a lot. And he, he's one of those guys that jumps to conclusions really quick. He assumes a lot out of situations. He misunderstands a lot. He steps up and acts in amazing ways, but he also fails. And when he should step up, he sometimes slinks back. And when he should slink back, he steps up. He's this irrational person in so many ways. So I love Peter and his character in the Bible. Just a side note, by the way, if you were to make, this is why I love the Bible, the story of God, is that if you were to make a religion, if you were to make something that it was going to be like, you know, to bring people to it, you'd want to make it as perfect as you can, and all the characters would be no flaws, and they would just do everything in the perfect and right ways. And yet, the Bible is filled with these messy, crazy people that experience God in a significant way, and yet continue to make mistakes, continue to live unevenly, and continue to be having a desire to be understood or desire to be known. And Peter is one of these guys. Now, it's interesting about Peter is that he was one of the students, and so he had a specific idea who Jesus was going to be. As all the Jewish people at that time, they were ruled by Rome, and they were expecting a king to come to, to push away Caesar, to set a new reign, set a new kingdom, and this Messiah was going to rescue the Jewish people. And Peter certainly had this idea, this is what Jesus was going to do. This is what his relationship, this is what getting to know Jesus was going to lead to. And yet, as we know, because we live on the other side of the cross and the resurrection, Jesus' life led to the cross. And when Jesus began to slowly reveal this to his disciples, Peter's, Peter was one of the guys that was quite angry about this. He was like, no, 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 wait a minute, Jesus. That's not how it's going to be. You're not going to die. And Jesus rebuked him for that and, and said, no, get behind me. You don't know what you're talking about. And there's even a part where Peter swears and he says, no, like, whatever's going to happen to you, I'm going to fight to your side. I'm going to go to the grave with you if I have to. I'm going to do all these kind of things. And he promises and overpromises. And Jesus says, you know what? When that time comes, you're going to deny me. And Peter must have been rattled by this, by this calling out. And of course, when push come to, uh, where shove comes to push, Peter failed. When things got hard, Peter couldn't even live up to his own expectations. And when Jesus was arrested and taken to the court, when he was before the high priest, when, he was, when Jesus was being questioned and interrogated, Peter was sitting in the courtside, and somebody noticed him and said, hey, aren't you one of his students? He said, no, 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 that's not me. And he did it three times. 
And the chapter I want us to look at is in the book of John, the Gospel of John, the Good News of John, in the chapter 21. This is kind of the context to all of this. Peter has denied Jesus. Jesus has died on the cross. He is resurrected. And the disciples are kind of meeting together, and they're, they're on the beach, and they're, they're fishing, and they're coming back with a boat, and they see Jesus, and he says, you know, and they haven't caught anything. And he says, cast your nets, and they cast nets, and they pull a fish, and they bring it to the beach, and they all eat together. And in chapter 21, starting in verse 15, this is kind of what I want to dive into this relationship. This relationship between Peter and Jesus. Peter who wanted to know Jesus fully. Peter who learned from Jesus. Peter who spoke with him, who wanted to walk on water. The same Peter who denied Jesus and is now in this limbo of relationship and he doesn't know where he stands. So if we pick up at verse 15, we, we read, When they had finished eating, Jesus said, so Simon is another name for Peter, said, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter's hurt here, and Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. It's interesting passage here where Jesus begins to reinstate Peter. Peter had failed Jesus three times by denying him. And now on this other side of the relationship where Peter's not quite sure how, where they stand, where maybe he knows like, oh man, does Jesus know that I did that? That Jesus calls him out and says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, of course I do. You know this. And Jesus commissions him and says, this is what I'm calling you into. There's a significant uh, healing and bonding in this conversation that's happening between Peter and Jesus. Jesus not only feeds Peter and the disciples with fish and takes care of their physical needs, he's now beginning to feed and heal Peter's soul. And because of their relationship and because of who they were and because of their knowledge of one another, he's now commissioning Peter into something greater, into something bigger. He says, Peter, you will now feed my sheep. You will tell people about the story. You will move this forward in our connection to God. You will now do what I have taught you. I believe this story reminds us how we to move forward in our connection to God. We spoke about plugging in. We spoke about praying. We spoke about having these conversations. And in this story, we're reminded that no matter the faults we have in our life, no matter the moments we take step backwards and do the wrong thing, Jesus is willing to reconnect with us. Not just willing, desiring to love us. Desiring to move past our failures and our mistakes past those times where we feel like we unplugged, we disconnected from God, we're discouraged. And Jesus illustrates to us through Peter that no matter what we have done, how we have acted, his love for us is great. And his plan and purpose for us is to partner with him. You see, I think that's partly where prayer plays such a significant role in our life. It connects us to a relationship that not only teaches us about God, but teaches us about us and helps us grow and helps us recognize our calling, our purpose, and our partnership with God in our life. 
Peter experienced very real face-to-face recommission of his life. And I believe that this experience reminds us of our relationship with God is something we receive and not something we achieve. What prayer so beautifully does is offer us the truth that the relationship we have with God, the plugging in we have with the source of life, is not a reward for good behavior. It's not something we earn. It's not part of being so holy and set apart from everybody else. What we learn from Peter's example is it's a reward and a gift that we receive. What happens in our prayer life is growth in character, in person, and in partnering with God in his purposes for this world. Peter learned that, this purpose, that his purpose and his calling was to be on whom the church begins. Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. And we're not sure if we're pointing to the rock behind Peter or to Peter, but there's, a, there's an illusion there that with you, Peter, I'm going to begin this. You're going to play a big part of this. And even though Peter denied Christ, even though he stepped back, Jesus recommissions him because of their relationship and says, do you love me? And of course, Peter says, you know I do. So many times we see our relationship with God as faulty, and we can always point back on things we did wrong or mistakes we've made. And because of that, we feel like we have to earn this love back. Like if I just do this enough times, if I just attend church this many times, if I come to the Holy Spirit weekend, or if I just help out, or if I just give, maybe that will, be, that will save me. Maybe that will forgive me. And Jesus reminds us that is not what this is about. There's nothing you can do to achieve this. Your relationship with me is a gift that you receive. And prayer plays a massive part in our learning this. Because communication in any relationship matters. Think of all your relationships. How you communicate builds that relationship. When you avoid your friend or your significant other, does it destroy or build your relationship? When you share with them, when you hear them and their thoughts and their desires, when you hear their vantage point and their point of view, does that grow your relationship or does that tear it down? Prayer is significant because it allows us to build our relationship deeper and deeper. And even when moments of denial and brokenness arrive, Jesus offers the gift and says, do you love me? Real growth happens when we lean into each other. When we're mature enough to share what we feel. When we begin to understand one another. When we begin to gift one another the gift of time, patience, grace, self-control, kindness, peace, and even joy. Who would want to be in a relationship like that? It is the fact that we often don't want to be kind, that we don't want to be gracious. Because while they don't know how I feel or how that makes me feel, the gift of grace is an amazing thing that we don't achieve but receive from God. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is the three aspects of growth that happens in prayer. And the first one is, as I revealed already, growth in prayer is a gift. Much of this series, I spoke on the practical parts of prayer, who we are, how we understand God, 
how Jesus taught to pray, what happens when we ask, seek, knock, how to listen to God. But please hear me. Spirituality is not a race of grit, sweat, and pain to determine the final outcome. Nor is it tied to some religious talent or innate spiritual genius. Relationship with God is a gift that is freely offered. And so we come not pushing, but letting ourselves be pulled. Pulled into a direction that changes us. Whenever a relationship doesn't change you, you're not part of a relationship. Because every relationship will change you one way or the other. Either negatively or positively. Prayer allows us to be pulled forward in a relationship of getting to know who God is. And because we learn who God is, we learn who we are. And when we realize our potential, our purpose, our calling in life, we begin to live in a gracious way of life that gives people time, patience, kindness, and grace. Prayer has mostly to do with God. His grace, His willingness, His invitation. What we see in our time of prayer is the response Prayer is our answering more than is our initiating or inventing. In prayer, we may knock at the door, but we do so having been invited to come in the first place. In fact, we can say that in Jesus Christ, God opened the door of possibility of a deep relationship with God. Please do not miss this. The point of Jesus is not that we find God but that he has found us. And like Peter, reaffirms us, even when we have taken steps back, even when we've denied it, even when we're uneven. The growth in prayer is a gift of grace that we receive in our relationship with God. The growth that we receive in prayer is like that that Peter received. That of salvation, which is Bible's fancy word for rescue from our prisons of self and sin. And this is not our doing, but the work of God in our lives. Sometimes I think about, and I'm reminded of my own failures, of my own mistakes, of my own past. And then I'm reminded how much forward I have come because of my relationship with God. That God doesn't leave me, but gives me continuous grace and pulls me into a place where I can look back at myself and not recognize myself because of my relationship with God. This is the good news of Christianity. What we call the gospel literally means the good news. And good news is good news if it's good news. Otherwise, it's just words. Relationship pulls us into a new way of seeing life. Theologian, writer, and pastor Tozer put it this way, our pursuit of God is successful just because he's forever seeking to manifest himself to us. Knowing that this is a gift is the perfect start for us. It releases us to plug in. One of the biblical uh, traditions is a reminder of this rich image of life. They were all on a journey. They were all on a path on the road. We follow the way of Jesus. People who pray are more like travelers than settlers. There's always something more that, leads, that, uh, more that God leads us to. This is the reality of this dynamic partnership and friendship 
Peter is invited back despite his failings. He's gifted this opportunity to grow. It's a freeing moment to know that we are not shackled, that we're not forever tied up in our brokenness and our sin, that we have an opportunity to go forward, that we have this gift to move on. It is a gift realizing that this growth moment, a moment of maturity in our relationship happens when we begin to continue our or we begin or continue our conversations with God. And the second aspect is realizing that growth in prayer is a journey. Sometimes it feels like we should know better. Sometimes it feels like, oh, why am I still making these kind of decisions? I should know better. When we interact in our relationship, in our, in our prayer time, we realize that this is a journey. Yes, certainly in one sense, our search is over. For in seeking we have been found. God has met us. But in another sense, the searching and the seeking never ends. Growth continues. Even the different metaphors that we have for God, the father, parent, husband, all these speak of dynamics of growth into richer and deeper intimacy. The more, the journey, the more we journey together, the more meaningful, the more growth that happens, the more bonding that happens. Think about your own relationships, how they grow when we continue to experience new things together. Those of us that are parents, when you take kids on holidays or you help them play sports or learn music or do art, your bond and growth just continues to grow and grow and grow. It is a journey that leads us to a place of becoming such different people that others around us may ask us, what happened? I remember Peter denying Jesus. I remember you being like this. What happened to you that you can offer grace and gifting like you could never before? It is a long journey. So is our growth in prayer with God. Our search for greater intimacy that we all search for continues. Our growth in prayer, this journey that we begin, is beyond predicting and imagining. It can't be re re reduced to tidy or known things. It takes us on wild places because the third growth in prayer is an adventure. This part of life is wild. I don't think Peter fully knew where God was taking him. I don't think Peter knew what Jesus meant. I think Peter was willing and he was ready. And we learn in the Acts of the Church in the next book after the Gospels, after the first four books of the New Testament, where the church went. And Peter was still uneven and he still made mistakes. But God led him in a hostile environment, in a hostile nation, to share about this gift of God. And the Christian tradition has that it cost him his life. That it wasn't safe. But it led him to a place where he was able to share this good news with people. To share the gift of life. And, he, and as Jesus reinstated him, it was a reminder for us that in our prayer relationship, in our journey, in this gifting, we're going to be taking on an adventure. And that adventure may not be the way we planned it or wished, but it will lead us to a place where the others may know the gift of God, where those who are lost can be found, those that walk away will be searched for, 
And those that go wandering will be waited for by Father and God who loves us so deeply. Prayer puts us in a deep relationship with God. It builds us and grows us in our maturity. It allows us to go to someone who knows us deeply. It allows us to connect to God on a level that we cannot even connect to anybody here in our world. Because no one else knows us deeper than God does. The promise that Peter receives in that relationship that we receive today is that God will not leave us stranded. All the things that we have done wrong, all the things that we stepped away from God with does not make us illegitimate in our relationship. Our prayer life, our growth life through prayer reminds us that God will not leave us stranded. That you will not be alone in this. And God will not leave us the same. None of us are the same in relationships. We change for the negative or the positive. And Jesus says, you're not illegitimate. Nothing you have done separates you from me because I'm reaching out. You can have this free gift and you will not be the same. When we follow, we, ex we can expect him to lead us to places we would never have gone on our own. We would never have imagined to be where we are when we follow God, when we connect with him on that deeper level and he reveals those purposes for us. There's so many people in this world that have been led to other corners of the earth because they found out their meaning and their calling in God and they wanted to share that gift with other people. I've never wanted to be on stage to talk about God. This is not something when I was young growing up saying, I want to be a pastor. It's not something that I wanted. But my relationship with God and my connection with him led him to reveal, to say, take these steps of faith. I don't know where you are in your journey today. I don't know what your connection looks like. I don't know how many steps you've taken backwards. Or maybe you're running full sprint for God. I don't know where you are today. But I want you to know that in prayer and in your relationship, God wants to gift you life, purpose, and meaning. And he wants to take you on this journey that will lead you to a wild adventure. And it might not be the adventure you wanted. It might be a hard adventure and messy and, and it might cost you something. But God will not leave you stranded and he will change you. I want you to know that Jesus offers this gift freely every single day, every single moment, because that is how great his love is. In just a moment, the band's going to come up, and we're going to have a moment just to reflect on what we are hearing about the gift and the journey and the adventure. You're going to have an opportunity to respond in song. You're going to have an opportunity to say, Jesus, where are you in the midst of my life? What are you calling me into? What are you after? Because friends, when we talk about being plugged in, we're not just talking about just recharging for the great fun day. We're talking about plugging into somebody 
who wants to know you deeply and knows you to the core of who you are. It's hard for us to offer grace to others. And I think it's hard sometimes because we don't fully accept the grace that's offered to us. We continue to carry different burdens. We continue to carry our, our failures. We continue to carry a whole bunch of things on our back. And God says, I want to release you. The growth that happens in your communication with God is God gifting you release and sending you on a journey and changing you on a wild adventure. Before even you see any change, before you even know where God is leading you, lean into Him. Pray to Him. Connect to a God who loves you so deeply that He, wanna, he wants to gift you life. A life to the fullest, a life that you may not have, could possibly even imagine. To release you in all your gifts, in all your abilities. To live in such a way that it will change the world because of how you offer grace to others around you. Accept his gift of grace. Even before you see any breakthroughs. After prayer, there's going to be a team up here. And if there are things resonating with you, please come up and have somebody pray with you or talk to you or ask questions. We will have common ground today, so buy somebody a meal and talk about the work of God in your life and around you. Or maybe ask questions. Where is God in my life? What is he up to? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the gift that you give us, that you reaffirm us, re-encourage us, and send us. That you do not give up on us, that you do not leave us stranded, but you change us and release us into this world to be your partners, partners of change. God, we thank you for this journey that we get to participate on for this adventure. Help us to see your work around us and in us. Help us to be good neighbors. Help us to be like you and gift others grace. Be with us as we go from here. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. The kids program is not quite over yet, so please take a time to hang out with somebody, to pray with somebody. To ask questions. Go in peace.